Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Tonight, we have the second of a two-part series, ADHD in College, Working Memory and Problem Solving, Part 2. With us in our virtual studio again is um, uh, Christina Robinson. Uh, we'll get into things in a little bit. Real quickly, the, uh, some announcements. The 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD is coming up November the 7th through the 9th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm very honored I'm going to be doing a workshop on working memory, uh, much more in-depth than what we're talking about in our last show and tonight. Uh, but anyway, it'll, we'll give you a little bit of a preview of, of what is there. If you make it to the conference, we'd love you, to have you come. Uh, more information on that in a second. Um, also, our show tonight is being brought to you by Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. In celebration of that, we are giving away free editions of Attention Magazine. All you need to do is listen to our show. We're going to share a secret word, uh, write it down, uh, listen to another show, uh, listen for the secret word, write it down, and email those two words to me at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. And when we receive it, we will forward you a current a PDF copy of the current um, edition of Attention Magazine, and we will send you one that is uh, printed uh, the next um, edition of it. Again, just send us the two secret words to attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Again, tonight's show is being brought to you by Chad. Uh, they got a little uh, promotion of the uh, a conference, so we're going to roll the tape, and then we'll get into the show. Are you looking for the latest tools, treatments, and strategies to help manage ADHD? Join Chad at the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD, November 7 to 9 in Philadelphia. Connect with people who share your concerns. Take home new ideas and action plans for a healthier and stronger life. Register today. Visit chad.org. That's C-H-A-D-D dot org. Thanks again, Chad, for your continued support. Uh, for those that are not familiar, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage our listeners to uh, become members of Chad for the great member benefits. Um, also, um, if, if you don't want to join, uh, co- contribute to them, please. Uh, financially Strong Chad is a financially strong ADHD community. Uh, they need these resources to advocate uh, on our behalf on Capitol Hill and different regulatory agencies. Again, I encourage you to learn more by going to chadd.org. Okay, to, so tonight is the second show in a two-part series on um, ADHD in college. What we did last time and we'll do this time is talk about working memory, illuminate it, talk about some of the issues with regard to college students, and then reconcile to help you problem solve. Uh, this was recorded in advance. Hopefully you watched last week's show. If not, uh, you can watch this week and go back to last week. Uh, they're interchangeable. Um, uh, similar concepts, different uh, specifics with regard to these two. So with that, we'll roll the tape. We hope you enjoy the show. Christina Robinson is a certified ADHD coach and an educational consultant certified by the Federation for Children with Special Needs in Boston. Christine has over 12,000 hours coaching children, teens, adults, couples, and college students. She received her bachelor's degree in psychology from Clark University and her master's in education from Finchburg State University, graduating summa cum laude. As well as having her private practices in Nashville, Tennessee, she's also associated with the Hallowell Center in New York City. 
a certified teacher and master coach who has over 20 years of sales and marketing slash leadership experience. She's considered to be an expert in her field of ADHD, special education, advocacy work, and individual education plans. Christine has her own training program for those who would like to add coaching to their existing practice or to start their own ADHD coaching business. You can find more about her at addactioncoach.com. With that, Christine, welcome to the show. Great. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited uh, um, to have this opportunity to do this with you. We, uh, we pre-recorded a show uh, that was just aired, and we're talking about uh, college students and launching them. And it was a lot of fun because we sat down. We're trying to talk about the challenges of ADHD um, and relate them to things that, we've, that you and I have learned that work. Uh, in the first show, we did a little, uh, I call it an attention exercise on working memory. And uh, so everybody, we're going to play that exercise from the prior show right now so you can get a, get a sense of it. Uh, and we'll come back and go from there. Makes sense, Christine? Yes, absolutely, Jeff. All right. We'll roll the tape. I do this with, like, everybody I work with. And the idea is really just kind of want to walk through this thing. We'll talk about when it's over with. But in a minute, I'm going to share five words. And what I'd like you to do is make sure that you don't write them down. Mm-hmm. And if you feel the urge to repeat the words, please don't. I'll explain why afterwards. But after I've said the words, and when you're ready, I'd like you to repeat them back to me in alphabetical order. You good with that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and everybody, if you're listening, I would like you to do this in your head too. And then I'm going to do this uh, with Christine, but I want you to you know, do this exercise yourself, uh, and we'll talk about it. So you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Teacher, zebra, kangaroo, bumblebee, hippopotamus. Okay. Um, bumblebee, hippopotamus, teacher, kangaroo, oh, zebra, I think. All right. <laughs> Did I do it That's right? That's right. That's right. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> You kind of reverse those a little bit. The issue that I want everybody to tone, I don't really care if you got it right or wrong. Um, by the way, I do this about half the time people forget a word or they get the order wrong, uh, and the other half they get it right. But here's what I want um, everybody to notice is you'll notice is that you didn't learn anything new. Right. I mean, Christine, you know what all those things You can actually visualize them, and you know what the alphabetical order is. But here's the thing is you had to – I said all those words, and you actually had to remember them. And then in some way, you had to pay attention to them individually without forgetting all the words, and you had to repeat them back to me in alphabetical order. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was thinking I was so intent on just remembering the words, and that's where it went wrong. Yep. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's kind of good. You know, as an aside, how you remember those words is as individual as the person. I've had people say, I remember, I could hear the echo of your voice. That's helped me re- remember it. Other people said, you know, I would envision a teacher with a bumblebee flying around its head, a hippopotamus, a kangaroo, and a zebra um, in, the, in, the, uh, in the, the chairs, the classroom. I actually had one person who said they were, could remember um, it by smell. The point really is, is how you remember it is as individual as a person, but the process is not is the same. That is, you have to hold them in your mind, and you have to repeat them without forgetting them, back, and you have to pay attention to them, repeat them back to alphabetical order. And the reason I do this exercise because right. that's actually what working memory is. It's juggling those words or thoughts in your mind and sequencing them. 
And we just did five words, and you actually had to think about it a little bit. It was a little taxing. Could you imagine if I gave you ten words? Yeah, I, I would probably have to come up with a better strategy, honestly. <laughs> I haven't done this thing in quite a while, so forgive me. Yep. That's okay. Or imagine I gave you five complicated, really complicated um, um, thoughts or ideas. But the point really is, is the beginning of it, I said, please don't write them down because if you put them down, it would be really easy to order them because you right. wouldn't have to remember them. And I also yeah. said, please don't repeat the word back to me if you feel the urge. And the reason for that is I learned from Dr. Barkley is that, um, by the way, I, I, kids, executive function is really important to kids, and it just so happens, and this is true, a five-year-old often will be playing, like on the carpet with a bunch of blocks if they're by themselves. It's not always, but it's not uncommon if that five-year-old is actually, excuse me, that three-year-old is talking to themselves as they're playing. They're not talking to you. They're not talking to me. They're talking out loud to themselves, and that's normal. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in between age three and five, that verbal conversation with the head of the self becomes privatized. It moves into their head. It's called self-talk. It's still kind of going on. Right. Same thing happens with play. You begin to visualize it. But this is just really what working memory is, is they're sitting there thinking and juggling those, those, those thoughts around. And the thing about people with ADHD is they have a taxed working memory. And so often what they need to do is externalize um, these things in order to put them in order. And so it, it explains a lot, like a, why a lot of people with ADHD will talk, 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 talk. They're not talking to you. They're actually thinking out loud because it's less taxing to their working memory. And on purpose, I said, if you feel the urge to repeat the word, please don't, because it would actually make it easier. And this little exactly. simple exercise, this little simple exercise, everybody, if you all did it, it's going to be a centerpiece of, think, a lot of stuff that Christine and I are going to talk about in terms of strategies and stuff for you to kind of help launch yourself because the idea is we want to make it a little less taxing on your working memory. All right, we're back. So everybody's got an idea. We're back in the saddle. We're we're really problem solving at this point in time for really kind of working memory. And, um, you know, it it really permeates uh, people with ADHD lives. And one of the things that I really wanted to, to kind of really talk about is uh, you and I did a show one time just about why it's difficult for kids with ADHD in, in schools to, 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 I guess, to thrive now. How's more difficult? And we talked about working memory. And in that conversation, we talked about how when I was a kid, if you had a book, you could highlight a paragraph. And if you had like a, another page or another book, you could highlight and you could put them right next to each other and your eyes could dart from one highlighted area to another highlighted area. And it was, was, wasn't that bad. But in our world today... Right. Is if you have something that's digital, a lot of times you don't have the tools, at least right now, to annotate it. And then if you're going to compare it to something else, you got to click on another tab and you've got to scroll down and you got to find it. You have to read to find what you're looking for, where you've now forgotten what you originally read because you had all that instruction that you had to do in order to find it. You, your eyes can't dart back and forth, and that's taxing your working memory. And one of the things that's been interesting is I think that the working world has adapted to it because I go into offices all the time and you know, there's people working with three screens up, kind of going back to they got you know, two, two screens up and their eyes can dart back and forth between the two. But I find so many students are really working off of a small laptop screen and it's taxing their working memory. And I don't think that they realize that. And sometimes they need to advocate and actually you know, start setting up multiple screens because by working on that one screen, it's taxing their working memory. It's actually making it a lot more difficult for them to cover the material. Thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I I think that plus, um, you know, well, people still do have textbooks, of course, but it's that ability to also eliminate the distractions that are going to appear on your laptop. And I know we've talked about that, you know, on a couple of other shows, the technology and how it is just in, in a constant distraction for students and my adult clients as well. So it's, it's many things to do with looking at screens. And I think screens just tire us in general. And yep. looking at a book, you're not, you know, taking in all those pixels and um, and especially late at night where then it's going to impact sleep. So, yep. Yep. yeah, it's everything that you're saying is spot on. Which leads us to the other thing, too, is this, I can't tell you – I did an interview with Dr. Russell Barkley on working memory. And if you want to listen to it, just do attention talk radio GPS. He talks about uh, working memory um, on a clinical and a researcher level. And then I kind of convert to a lot of things that we're talking about today. And it was really pretty funny because we got to the end of the interview and we started talking about how um, paper is high tech in the ADD world. And Christine, I can't tell you how many adults I've coached and even college students where I've said, let's just print it out. And so many of yeah. them said they felt the urge, but they never really did it because they were been bullied to go green. And when my older son was in college, it was interesting to me because there were no printers and in dormers. I mean, nobody had them, and you had to pay for it. And for me, if you've got ADHD, go get yourself a high-speed black-and-white printer so that the ink's not that bad. Yeah. And print the stuff out and actually start highlighting it. It's so much easier. It's so much less taxing to the working memory because you're really being challenged by – Forcing yourself to look at those computer screens or, like you said, deal with the blue light late at night, which is going to impact your sleep. And if you just print it all out, it can make life so much easier. I realize that you might have to carry a lot of paper around. Um, but, again, mm-hmm. it's, it's, if you have it, you can actually see it, and it can make things a lot easier. Yes. It makes it so much more manageable. I've worked with many students who take a paper, say a long research paper that they've had to write, say 10 or 15 pages, and actually put it on the floor to reorganize it yep. if they don't like the flow of it. And that works so much better for them. And, you know, let's keep in mind we can recycle, so don't feel bad about printing <laughs> because if this is what it takes, yep. this is what you have to do. So just, just I, I just want to – same thing that you're saying is that when they make movies and stuff like that, when, at the beginning stages of it, particularly if it's animated, they actually storyboard it. They get a whole bunch of pictures and they put it up on a wall, and they walk through the story so that they can get a bigger picture, understanding what the flow is. And when you're saying print it off and put it all out on the floor, we're doing the same thing. Again, it's less taxing to the working memory, so now you can begin to understand why these are the types of things that we suggest. Make sense? Uh, absolutely, and this is the way our clients are internalizing this information, where absolutely. some people can internalize it on a laptop, and that's great, but if it takes you to do this and it makes you a more effective you know, worker or student, that's what you have to do. Absolutely. Tell you what, let's go to break real quick. Uh, we'll come back. We'll continue our conversation. Uh, to learn more about Christine, go to her, her uh, website, addactioncoach.com. Our secret word tonight is UGH, U-G-H. Very appropriate, UGH. Um, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. 
Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a spectacular conversation with Christine Robinson to launch uh, people with ADHD in college or to survive in college. We're talking a lot about structures and strategies that are advocated out there. We're relating them back to working memory so you understand the why, so you know how to do it, and also begin to understand why it works. Uh, Before the break, we were back on working memory, talking about multiple screens and the need for printing and putting things on the floor. Same conversation, same spirit. You know, Christine, uh, working memory, out of sight, out of mind. And we've talked to you, like when I'm back in the day, I had Xerox printouts, I had my notes, and I had a book all right in front of me. These days, you have online text, you have a website, you have PowerPoints, and you have your notes, and it's all up there. And there might be um, something related in the text, the website, the PowerPoint, and the notes. Again, we're back in tax working memory, and you're struggling to, to print all that stuff out and see, oh, I see where the online text is talking about it in this part. I see where the, the, the URL is referenced. To actually see those things and be able to put stuff together visually out on a big conference table on a big floor makes it easy. Also, carrying that stuff around, you know that you have it, whereas if you've got to stop and think, well, what's the content of my class? Now, it's, we're going right back to that packing story that we did in the prior version. I have to stop, and it's very effortful to think, well, what are the materials that I have? And sometimes you might forget a couple URLs and stuff like that, and you're missing information. Again, identifying working memory is very much a challenge, and all this distributed stuff all over the internet and all over the web in digital form, it's certainly convenient for storage, and it's there, but again, it can create real problems. Thoughts on this? Yeah, and one thing that we haven't covered, Jeff, is how professors are communicating with their students. Um, it's all on Blackboard or a similar platform. So when I start working with students right in the beginning of the year, we talk about how we're going to manage that process on a daily basis because the students are not checking each and every course and the communication 
from the professor on those courses. They could miss assignments. They could miss, you know, actually when tests or classes are rescheduled. Uh, and I have found that to be a pretty big, big challenge overall with working with my college students, especially initially, because we have to find a process to do that. And, you know, many of these I'm students are not even used to checking emails, you know, every day. <laughs> so I am so glad. I didn't think about this, but I'm so glad you brought it up because it's spot on. A lot of times they're just posting the stuff out there and you got to remember to go check it. Every day. I mean, I, I have two children that are college students. My daughter's going to be a sophomore and my, um, my son is a senior. So, you know, we went through this right away. And I really could see the value of that because, you know, professors are changing due dates. They, are, they may nope. have an illness, and they're not even going to be in class, you know, tomorrow. And if you don't check Blackboard, well, you're going to end up there and waste time traveling to that class, and no one's there. God, out of sight, out of mind. You don't know it's posted. You've got to go there. You've got to search for it. You've got to find it. All these little steps, you've got to do that stuff, and you've got to do it for multiple classes. It can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, in terms of your work with students on this, can you share some stories about maybe how they've kind of gone about to kind of manage this a little bit? Yeah, I really suggest that this is one of the first things that they check when they're getting ready in the morning, just because they, they do need to be looking at it daily. There is no way around this anymore. And then with their paper planner, write down anything that's changed or anything that's upcoming that maybe they didn't see on this Blackboard system. And to make parents and students feel better who are listening to this, there are some systems that are better than others. There are professors in certain schools that, who have worked with students who do not use Blackboard. Uh, and they post very infrequently. And then there are professors that are fantastic about it and put things up right away. Uh, so you can find some technical glitches with this, and this is even more the reason why you need to establish a relationship with your professor. Because even my own daughter, uh, she had an assignment coming up. Well, there was no attachment. The professor forgot the attachment to do the assignment. So she emailed him right wow. away and said, I don't see the article on this. And he goes, oh, I'll post it right now. So people make mistakes, obviously. <laughs> but so you can't be afraid as a student to say, wow, this attachment's not there. You know, and, yeah. they, and they really appreciate it, honestly. And, and, and I, this is really speaking to how much more difficult it is for people with ADHD because you're spot on about your daily routine about checking, but that requires self-regulation, which is the issue with people with ADHD. I mean, sometimes they don't even remember to take their medications in the morning, which is, has a profound effect, much less trying to go to remember some of that stuff, which is routine-based. And again, it's so much more difficult for uh, ADHD college students these days than it was. Uh, and I think this is one of those things where it depends on the individual person and really about problem solving. Mm -hmm. That's where a coach can help you because it might make sense in the morning. Mm -hmm. It might make sense at lunch. It might make sense in the afternoon. If you're a small school, maybe it's just drop into the professor's office and say, is there anything new posted today or anything going to be posted? That way you can give a heads up because, um, you know, it's kind of funny. By the time you open your laptop and you go and you log in and then you search to find it and you actually find it and realize, oh, my God, nothing's posted. And you've got to do that four or five times in a week, and most of the time there's nothing new, you have a tendency not to go look anymore just because you're not rewarded with something new. 
and we're right back to a self-regulation problem. Why check? Because nothing's ever posted. But then the one time it's posted, that's what you miss. Again, these are these are challenges that the ADHD student really has to, pro- to problem solve. And this whole communication thing is, is, as you brought up, it's really, really, really important. It's really, really complicated, particularly on the different styles and stuff of all the professors. And again, the best thing that I think that we can do is, and, and I hope our prior show and this show is helping you understand the challenges here. Because at the end of the day, you need a mindset of actually problem solving this on your own. Because I, you know, Christine, you and I could yeah. say, do this, do that. But it's going to work for a few people, but the majority of mm-hmm. it's not because you do it differently. And that's the key is you've got to have to sit down and kind of problem solve. And again, that goes back to talking out loud. We talked about brainstorming in our last show. Uh, get a coach, get a parent, mm-hmm. get a tutor, get a roommate or something like that, or somebody else with ADHD and talk out loud, brainstorm to problem solve it. Make sense? Yeah. And, and, and oh, absolutely. And I can't um, reinforce enough that we have to assume parents and students going into this, that the online communication is going to be different for every professor. It does not matter at the school I've worked with. I can't even tell you how many college students at this point at various schools. And you just have to assume that no communication is going to be uniform. There is a professor that will post everything and dot the I's and cross the T's. And then there will be a professor that you're constantly almost hunting down for information. So I know that's not fun. I know that's not easy, but you have to assume that's going to happen. Yeah, but but know that that Christine and I are the ones that are that are actually coaching those professors to try to get them posted because I I don't know about you, Christine, but I've actually coached a number of professors that are coming to me and they can't do that. and they're getting disability yeah. services, and the school's kind of coming down. I'm like, listen, the ones that reach yeah. out, we're actually on the other side trying to help you. So, like, <laughs> don't. <laughs> yes, I, I've had I tons of teachers and professors as clients. <laughs> so, yes, uh, well, I appreciate that I, comment a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, our cards are. Send them to addactioncoach.com and digcoaching.com. We're happy to help. Like, suddenly, like, hey, teach. Maybe you should call one of you guys to help us out. So. Um, I tell you what, we've got a good stopping point. Let's run to break real quick. Uh, we'll come back and we'll finish up our conversation again. Uh, everybody, my website is digcoaching.com. Christine is addactioncoach.com. Our secret word tonight is UGH, U-G-H. Uh, with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. 
Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are having a spectacular conversation, which in my opinion, with Christine Robinson. Uh, this is, we're wrapping up the second of a kind of a two-part series that we're trying to talk about launching college students or surviving college students and really, really trying to communicate fundamentally working memory is a big challenge as is self-regulation and actually help to illuminate how it's showing up and help you begin to understand the why behind the push um, for some of these uh, and actually for you to actually begin to realize is that society is bullying you to do it their way because um, it's convenient. It's easy for the professors to just update digital books online. It's really easy for them to say, don't print it. All that stuff is there, but it actually works against people with ADHD. So we hope that we're illuminating the why and, and giving you some examples. And some of you are going like, I don't really want to do that. And like, okay, you don't really have to do this, but how much longer do you want to struggle? Because, I know Christine and I have had a lot of success with people who finally said, I'm going to do it this way, and it's been profound. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put words in your mouth, Christine, but, I mean, would you agree with me that, that some of this more manual stuff to relieve your tax working memory is actually can, can really change the performance of the student? Oh, yes. Um, I've had students on academic probation who I have worked with for one to two years after that, and they have successfully graduated college. So this, and, this and, and again, I mean, there is, there is no yeah. doubt. <laughs> so in a sense, we're not giving you ticks, tricks, solutions, or strategies. We're teaching you how to problem solve. The issue is working memory. And even though you might not identify with self, if you begin to think, and that's the core. Remember those words that Christine was repeating back to us? And when you went through that experience, like, wow, that's, that's what you're solving for. So um, in this last segment, I did want to bring up something that I think, Christine, you brought to my attention. I think it's really important is a lot of students, when they go off to college, they're used to passively just sitting there and high school stuff comes to them. And you talk about the notion is it's your job. It's a nine to five job and you need to sit down and schedule your week. Like you leave in the morning, you go to your job, you go to class, you go to study and you go and then you come back mm-hmm. later in the day as opposed to bouncing all over the place. Um, can you just talk about your experience um, working with students with that mindset and how, how helpful it can be? Definitely. I, I feel that many students go off to college, whether they've spent a couple of years at a community college and then transferred to a, a private institution or just going off, you know, as a freshman, it's kind of they're just passively moving through their day. And it's, it's almost they're feeling like this is happening to me as opposed to being empowered and saying to themselves, I can really take control of my day. And it's not that we have to have every second scheduled, but I really work with my students on visualizing the day ahead. What do they have to do? Where do they have to go? You know, putting down some of their social commitments even in the evening that they want to do. So it's not about what's happening to them. It's how they're taking control, you know, of their study time, of their classes, if they have to make that appointment, you know, with a professor or go to office hours. And really seeing this as a job, and it doesn't have to be an unpleasant job, for sure, but it has to be taken seriously that, because time will just pass. If you don't schedule it, the time will just go, and they won't get what they need to get done, and then that's going to lead to, you know, a lot of frustration. 
So seriously take control of it because if you don't, it's seriously going to take control of you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, one other thing that you had mentioned that I thought was actually brilliant uh, for those uh, that go to school and take advantage of disability services is I think you had said one time that to write off to them in advance and start requesting accommodations for all your tests for the entire semester so you don't have to do it each time. That's new to me. Can mm-hmm. you share that, 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 the tactics of that with our listeners? Well, you know, I, I, my, my own son does this and, you know, he gets extra time on, on tests and uh, his university suggested this right off the top. And I was so impressed with that because I had most of my students that I was working not doing that. And so now when I start working with a student right in the beginning of the semester, we just sit down with all the syllabi and we draft one email. And of course, some of those tests could change, you know, that the professors could change the dates or whatever. But you have that big list of all your courses, all your tests, because every single disability office in the United States is probably going to take, um, they want seven to 10 days notice before that test occurs. And if you miss that window, you don't get your accommodation. So this is super, super important. It could take an hour, hour and a half to get this email done correctly, but it is so worth it. And, you know, I can just tell you my son's never missed a test. So, (laughs) (laughs) and my clients, I mean, with my clients who embrace this, I can't say that all do initially, but I'll tell you, it works. Wow. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's that's a very brilliant tactical strategy that I, I anyway. Thank you for sharing that. Um, sure. One last tidbit that I'd like to kind of share um, is there's something I call there's methodical thinking and there's insightful thinking. And methodical thinking is like solving an algebra problem. If you understand the rules of math, you can solve an algebra problem in a finite number of steps, get the right answer every single time. Sometimes you can reorder it, but it's it's pretty cut and dry. Insightful thinking, though, by definition, is a trial and error process. It's a trial and error process. And I have a video, Mm -hmm. an Attention Talk video. If you go to YouTube and just say Attention Talk video, methodical and insight, the video will come up. And there's there's an exercise that I do, both uh, algebra problem and another problem that looks math-related, but it's not. It's 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 an insightful thinking problem. And in that exercise I it, basically you have four nines and you have to arrange them so they equal 100 and you can do with addition subtraction multiplication division in parentheses and if you watch the the, um, the video you'll see that there's an insight there's an aha that takes place and once that takes place it makes it really easy to solve that problem the reason I'm bringing this up and it's 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 a very complicated concept for people to understand but Christine so many times I I work with people, this is business people too, where they've got like a paper or a project and they just pick a topic and they never really think through where they're going and what they're doing. And they never really kind of think of the angle, the pitch, the thing that they're going from the, the aha that's going to all of a sudden when they get it, give them clarity um, to go through that. And I, again, I find a lot of times people are, are going to sit on, they're gathering information, they're gathering information, and they just don't know the angle, the way to put it together where it all makes some sense, and they wait until the last minute and they panic. And as I used to tell my older son, even in middle school, it's all in the idea. Spend 80% yeah. of your time trying to figure out the idea 
almost think through what the conclusion of your paper or your project is going to be before you pick it. Because if you do it right, it can make it so much easier. But if you just eclectically go grab something and you get to the end and you're trying to make some sense of it, the trial and error process in your head, which is really taxing your working memory, is overwhelming in that process. And again, everybody, I'm not giving this the, the time that it's due. But again, if you watch the video and attention talk uh, video, again, Google it. It'll, there's some mathematical exercises to compare the two thinking process so you understand what's going on. But as soon as you get that paper, start brainstorming with other people to figure out kind of how that paper is going to look and what your conclusion is going to be before you get to the end of it. Because if you know where you're going, it's so much easier. So that's a little bit vague, I realize it. But, you know, thoughts on that, Christine? Any questions? Is that, I mean, oh, is that? But, well, something was coming, popping into my mind as soon as you were uh, stating this topic. I had a student at Vanderbilt who had a pretty uh, significant paper due. And he came up with a topic. And we started talking about it. And I know that he was passionate about this topic, but I could not see it coming to fruition in terms of the parameters of this paper. And so he really kind of ruminated about it and did research on it for about two weeks. And then realizing at the end of this, this was not going to work. So he had to totally throw it out. And then he came up with a different topic and did eventually complete the paper. But I have to say the whole process was excruciating. And, and, you know, sometimes um, you really have to work through that to see it in process, so to speak. And yep. I, even though I was addressing concerns, he was, he was pretty set on doing that topic. I, I, I told him straight out, though, that this was probably not going to work. But he had to kind of go through this process himself, which I understand that some students have to do, and it really is valuable. But I totally agree but with what you're saying. But to stop and think about the bigger picture, what do you have to do, what has to be delivered, all that kind of stuff, it's, it's a very broad question. I know everybody, but if I can give you pause to actually think about that, pay attention to it, and begin to address it in your own way, um, I'd be grateful if that happened, if I could save you any time. Uh, because, again, sometimes you have to stop and you actually just have to think, what, what am I going to do and what's my deliverable, and will this make some sense? And sometimes you're just trying to take the test and, and, and answer the test um, as an aside – I had my insurance license years ago. I was in the business. I left in the upstart world and went back to the insurance business and I had to retake, retake this, the state insurance license. And it was funny because there was misinformation on some practice tests. And I realized I actually had to study for the test because it was wrong. Even though I had the knowledge and I really normally, on a normal test, wouldn't have to study it because I had years of experiences at that point in time. I had to let go of my prior knowledge of the insurance business and I was there to, to, to study to get to pass the test, not to be right. And so that's just a little yeah. analogy. Sometimes you have to back up and say, I got a deliverable here. It doesn't have to make sense. It's about getting to the deliverable. And at the end of the day, people have asked me, what's school about? It's about learning how to learn. At the end of the day, you take biology, you take English classes, business, blah, blah, blah. Some of it's tactical that you're going to use, but the purpose of college is to learn how to learn. That's the mm -hmm. process. And sometimes you have to learn. I can't agree you with you more. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes you have to learn. You got to play the game. And that's a big learning for a lot of people that are out there. So anyway, with that, Christine, anything left before we call it a day? I think we've hit it. <laughs> I think we've, I think right. we've covered All what right. we I wanted to. This has been a lot of fun. Everybody out there, I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, drop us an email at attention at attention dot com if you like it. I, I really feel 
I was anxious to do this with Christine because I think we're able to use that working memory challenge just not to say this is what you do, but be, begin to understand the why we're suggesting that you do that and actually begin to understand why what you're doing is not working. Um, if you're working off of five apps or you're having you're overwhelmed because you've got text messages and direct messages and email messages and stuff all over the place, it's killing your working memory, and that's why we advocate centralize that stuff. That doesn't solve your problem, but at least we give you the right mindset to start problem solving on your own. So with that, Christine, thank you so much for doing this show and the series with me. Oh, thank you, Chap. I really appreciate it. Everybody, tonight's secret word is UGH, U-G-H. Check out Christine's website at addactioncoach.com. If you've got a professor that needs some help, <laughs> send them her way or send them my way at dickcoaching.com. With that, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.